0: Gates. Chapter 2 We take a step back in time and it's now the summer of 1988. Dylan was only nine years old at the time and they were planning on going on family holiday to Newquay, Cornwall for Cornish pasties, fat willy surf shag and catching some waves, man. Dylan being, how can I put this, larger than most other kids in his year and I don't mean in height. He got given a few nicknames, and one in particular he really didn't care for. Their favourite movie at the time was The Goonies, and everybody called him Chunk. He always saw himself as a bit more like Data, but the friends he had always tried to get him to do the truffle shuffle. And there was no way he was going to do the truffle shuffle. That was never happening. Dylan and his friends were always in and out of one another's houses, or away playing on the spinny. They used to jump on a huge rope swing tied to the top of a tall tree by somebody that nobody knew. But it made their heads spin and their stomachs fall. But none of that mattered. As there was something about to happen in Dylan's life that would change things forever. And it would never be the same again. An eight hour drive in their light blue Sierra Ibiza E230 BTV. With red and white go faster stripes down the side of it, and a cassette player playing the soundtrack to Good Morning Vietnam. Nearly the whole way down, ejecting the tape, turning it around, putting it back in, you could say that you liked it, and nobody complained. Every now and then, to make Dylan's mum smile, his dad would play at a different cassette, Millie Girl, you know it's true. A day later, Dylan was sat on Fistral Beach with his fat witty Surf Shack's belly board. Watching the waves with wide open eyes and a big smile on his face, ready to go in and catch some waves, his whole family were on the beach that day, his mum, his dad and his big brother. His dad had a can of beer in one hand, sunburnt between and a cigarette in the other, just loving life. So Dylan headed out to catch a few waves and said to his mum, ''Mum, mum, can I go play in the sea for a bit? Be careful, Dylan,'' she replied. Are you gonna watch me, Dad? He shouted, running to the sea. Not waiting for his reply, Dylan running past his brother, digging a hole in the sand, he jumped the first few waves with his belly board under his arm on this sunny day. He bounded in with his big belly wearing his bright Bermuda shorts. After catching a few waves, the smile still beaming on his face. His board got away from him and it made its way back to the seashore. He wasn't ready to go back to the beach as the sounds of the crashing waves, people playing and seagulls flying above, filled his wet ears. So he left his bellyboard and carried on swimming with a group of other people. He was finally acclimatised to the cold water and he felt quite brave. He attended a weekly swimming club at this time and he was quite a strong swimmer for a nine-year-old. His feet could no longer touch the floor and he turned away from the beach looking out to sea hopefully so he could see a pirate ship like the one at the end of the Goonies. Nuki was full of rocks out to sea and caves that were right on the edge of the beach. Looking around with a smile on his face he took a glance over his left shoulder to see a man with his young son, swimming ten yards away. Looking further out to sea and letting his mind wander of treasure and adventures, they exchanged a friendly wave and the man said to Dylan, You should go back now. Do you need a hand?'' he asked. ''I'm okay, thanks,'' Dylan replied, and the three of them swam back to shore. As the man and his son got back to the shore, Dylan began walking on the sand beneath the sea as he was close enough now to run the rest of the way to pick up his bellyboard that thankfully nobody had stolen. Taking a few more steps out of the sea, the man carefully placed down his son on the warm sand. He must have only been around five or six years old. The young boy watched Dylan coming towards him and eagerly asked, Would you like to build some sand gasp? <laughs> Suddenly both children were inexplicably pulled up to sea by some unknown force. Something was afoot that nobody could have foreseen, and they had been yanked out to sea. After proverbially pulling his heart out of his chest, Dylan felt a little more at ease, because the other boy had grabbed hold of the belly board, and he wasn't in this alone. The young boy screamed and shouted towards the shore. His father, Bill, spun around in utter disbelief, hearing his son's screams. Instinctively without thought, Bill ran straight into the shallow water and dived into the open sea to rescue his son. Shouts and screams spread like a bushfire across the beach from all the other people while the lifeguards were nowhere to be found and they were not on patrol and could not be seen. Dylan could see a big rock not that far from where they were as he and Paul were treading water and spitting the salty sea water back out of their mouths. Dylan said to Paul, We need to swim to that rock over there. Do you see it? My legs are getting tired. (laughs) Paul said as he started to cry the last few words out. Paul was only five and he clung to the board for dear life as they made their way to the rock, splashing waves against it. It looked like a bear's head, shoulders and all. Sticking out of the water, it stood solid with the oceans raging all around its edges. It was their salvation. But it was a good 20-yard swim. Without delay, they kept hold of one another, and the board and made their way further away from the shore. All the while, something beneath them watched with glowing green eyes the boys hadn't seen yet. Even Bill frantically swimming as hard as he could, with screams and shouts from the seashore pushing him on, hadn't seen this yet. Was it a threat? We made it, Dunn said with a huge sigh of relief, full cheering as he held up a high-five. He slapped it with a watery splash, and it was awesome. They had another big problem, though. A fin just appeared 20 yards from their current location, turning in the water from side to side. They didn't know what it was, but the boys, in a frightfully fast manner, shuffled further out of the sea and onto the rough, jagged rock. Without words, they looked at each other and had no collective clue as to what pulled them out to sea. It was a mystery. They both cut themselves on the sharp edges as they pulled and hauled themselves out of the sea, seemingly out of harm's way. Dylan winced, watching and waiting as the waves washed a few drops of his blood away from the rocks and into the sea, splashing against the rock. The wind blowing him and Paul, they looked at each other, their teeth chattering with cold. Help! Help! The boys began to shout at the top of their lungs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dylan further shouted, straining and coughing at the end, all the salty sea water in his mouth. The fin darted in their direction with a powerful splash in the water from his tail. Having tasted the blood in the water, the shark had all the encouragement it needed to come and find its next meal. And before Dylan's eyes could widen to the point of almost popping, the fin had gone. Finally making his way to the boys, Bill had almost sucked three or four times, thinking his lungs could not take the effort that he was exerting to get him to the boys as fast as he did. It was almost like superhuman speed he managed to find because he knew his son was in danger. He proudly pulled himself onto the rocks, but he was brought down to earth so fast as the boys began to scream and point out to sea. Dylan rubbed his eyes in horror while Bill did his best to comfort his son. Suddenly, a shark died from water. Its teeth blazing, the water broke about its pointed head. It was about to chop them down and send them to a watery grave as they huddled together and ducked the great white shark, closed in on them and gained in height. It was coming right for them in the last possible moment. As fast as they could pull themselves back, ducking towards a rock and away from the shark, something pulled it back. Down into the water, the greater foreshare, snapping its jaws shut. They could smell its horrid breath it was gone daddy the small boy shouted it's okay p i'm here bill reassured him the best way he knew how given the circumstances that they were in dylan looked further in horror all the while the dark blue sea splashing in front of him off the rocks like nothing had changed same splashes before the sea moving just like before it felt different to him because he knew that there was something in the water He could feel the dread rising up through his body. Still looking further, he could feel himself leaning in. Further and deeper, Dylan looked searching, shuffling himself on the rocks, making his way inch by inch to the sea. As the dread still in him began to fade, but it was still there. The man holding his arm now, not letting him fall in. Dylan could see something. But feeling like it might fall in at any moment He still leant further Forgetting about falling momentarily Then feeling the man's grip slip boy, yeah. There it was Looking right back at Dylan Glowing green eyes in the water So deep he could only just make them out look, 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 look Dylan frantically pointed It had glowing green eyes Did that stop the shark, Daddy? The young boy asked and before he replied, first gulping with a dry mouth, and said, I think it did be. Now they wonder what had pulled the shark back from his bloodthirsty lunge. Why had this thing below granted them mercy? Or had it? Was it savouring them for itself? A few moments went by of silent staring, wind blowing and waves crashing off the rocks. Its eyes slowly closed, and were gone. As Dylan came out of the trance he was in, just looking at those glowing green eyes, he was grounded by Paul's chattering teeth from all the cold. Suddenly, without warning, a ten-foot wave came crashing down the three of them. As the thing with an immense turn of power under the water spun around to generate this wave, the water was seemingly warm and comforting amongst all the cold. Even on a hot summer's day, the wind, while you're wet, would cut you in half. Meanwhile, two lifeguards who arrived on the scene moments after being alerted, by onlookers swam out to sea towards Bill and the young boys. The first of the lifeguards carefully and slowly lowered the boys, one by one, still bleeding into the sea. Paul winced as the soft water touched his open wound. Daddy! He cried out to Bill, who was carefully working his way back into the water. It's going to be okay, Pete, Bill assured him. Eventually, all three were off the rocks and back in the water, fear still gripping them tightly. They were carried back to shore and not before testing their skills at holding their breath and being further scared by the natural awesomeness of the sea. They had to duck their way back under the waves to escape the pot of the current, so eager to pull them back out there. Dylan returned to the shore to be greeted by a hysterical mother and a smiling father. Seeing his cuts and bruises, she wrapped him up in a towel and whisked him back to their hotel. His brother Aaron gave him a dead arm later on and called him a dick for wandering off. Looking at the cuts on his hands and his knees and his ankles, they made him feel alive. He had just seen a glimpse of something he didn't understand or have any idea what it was. Would he ever see the man and his son ever again? His mum gave him a local pasty and sat down his favourite kit Knight Rider toy car next to him to cheer him up. Don't give me a fright like that ever again, please Dylan, she said with a tear and a smile. He instantly forgot the day for a moment, looking in his mum's eyes. The nightmares that followed were to last for years. Even the faces of the man and the boy eventually faded to face the souls, but the fear remained. The glowing green eyes would always be there at the end of the nightmare, that part would always be the same, looking back at him from beneath the ocean sea. The shark darting from the water, waking him scared out of his mind just before it gets him. All the way up until he was at least 17. By that point, he'd find more medicinal ways to cope with the dreams, and before he knew it, they had gone. Something else had taken hold of Dylan some years before. Paul, however, the years were not so kind to him. As they parted company from the seashore, Bill, Paul's dad was also met on the beach by a mother. Her worrying eyes were eased to see the sight of her husband walking out of the sea with her son safely cradled in his arms. Her worry had all but gone by the time she had her boys back to their holiday caravan and she had them both cleaned, all their cuts, bandages and plasters on. She wiped away all their dried blood with all the fuss of a loving wife and a protective mother. That gave her comfort to hold them together with her unique glue. Seeing things now through the sleepy eyes of Paul, his mum tucks him away in bed. He drifts off to sleep with the soothing sounds of his mum and dad on the other side of a thin wall, quietly talking, having put Paul to sleep in their bed. Just for one night. After all, he nearly lost his life today. Yet in the main cabin, his parents pulled out the seat covers from the booth, lowered the table top together to make up a bed for one another for the night. Moving now, we look into the eyes of Bill as he looks at his wife and said, I have no idea what saved us, Claire. What do you mean, saved you? Claire looked at Bill, drawing her eyes down. By the time Bill told Claire everything, up until their return to the seashore with the lifeguards, she was close to sleeping, tired from all the nursing and the worry that she had to endure, now feeling the love and the comfort from her man's arms once again. In a small bed, they both drifted off to sleep. Blessfully happy to be together. On this night, things were not as they should have been for Bill. Waking in the night covered in sweat, he could not move or even talk. He was frozen solid, rigid and stiff as a board. Not even sure if he was still awake or sleeping, through the nightmare, the pain kicked in. He knew then that this was real. Bill laying on his side, his wife Claire was turned and back to back with him. Bill slowly began to move, crack, pop and jerk. You okay, Bill? A sleepy Claire asked. She screamed. Feeling the water pushing past her waking Paul in the other room water was flowing out of Bill's body salty seawater oozed out all over the bed spilling on the floor of the caravan Bill still horrified from his previous encounter with the green eyed thing from the deep and man eating shark his mind was no longer inside that caravan it was back on the rock his teeth began to sharpen his skin began to turn dark smoother than grey Bill what the fuck is going on Claire belting it out, almost at the top of her lungs, with hope his arms would warm her. Instead, only the dark room blurring her sight of what was truly happening right next to her, if she only knew she would take Paul and run for her life. With the dog backing out his first transformation, Bill did not have conscious control of his actions. In his eyes, all he could think about was the shark that got so close to biting the face off him, and SNAP! Ah! screamed out, a changed and out of control beast, power hungry for the newfound flesh it had found. Swiftly ending the noise screaming so close to it with great satisfaction, it chewed, twisted, snapped the noise to nothing. Flooding out the bottom of the caravan, we see water, moving and mixing through it was blood, eventually popping the aluminium windows three feet higher, flooding them open and even more flowed down the white caravan walls, red with blood. All the while Paul shook, shivering, soaked and stuck, totally frozen in a drenched bed temporarily warmed by him wetting it, unable to leave this small room for fear the beast had returned to finish the job. Little did he know in his future that this thought would become a false reality that would change everything. Chapter's End. Back to 1988.